We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Lorenzo Neal, my man. You guys got me fired up this morning. I can't believe I'm on a roll. You guys just opened up the door and let me go. I'll tell you guys a story about the fullback position. I think it's almost like the... Un- For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Ogres are like onions. Look at the onion. It's the most disrespected fruit and vegetable. But when you want that good soup, you call on that onion. When you want that good hamburger, you call on that onion. That's like the fullback thing. Stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry. No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. You want that good lead draw? You want that ISO? You call on the onion. When you want that dirty yard, when you want to go downhill, you call on that onion. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it. We both have layers. That's why I think the fullback position should be called the onion. Oh, you both have layers. You know, not everybody likes onions. Onions, baby onions. Bernstein and Holt. Nippies, 10 a.m. till 2. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Ah, they write themselves sometimes. Adam Studzinski rises to the occasion with that. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Happy record-setting temperature Wednesday, possibly today and tomorrow. The world's all going to hell, so let's enjoy it while we can, right? You've really got to stop beginning shows like this. I'm happy. It's like Stop you're falling happy? out of the tunnel, running onto the football field, and then you just sit there and look around out of the metaphorical tunnel. <laughs> and you well, forget that there's a game. Or you're running out of the tunnel with the American flag. Yeah. And then you America. tear your Achilles. But then you on the first decide you're going to take a roster spot because you're trying to still make everything about you. Speaking of Achilles, Sky Point from a man, Tony Brothers. I hope he's okay. Yeah. I really do. Oh one, one of, the, one of the, the vet refs, one of the OG refs still currently working. He's he's so old. He was refing CBA games when I was calling him. Which means so you're old. That is. Uh, What's I, up, yours? I, I hope I hope Tony's all right, but that could be a, a career changer for him for sure. We've got Ray Diaz. We've got Adam Studzinski, whose hat matches Layla's dress in a way that is really, I don't know, satisfying. It's aesthetically satisfying. Adam's hat is is a shade of pink. But purple. Yeah, but it's all it's purple. all the cancer um, yes. recognition colors. It's the it's the Bears version of the cancer hats that they wore this past Crucial season. Catch. So whatever, Crucial catch, thank you. Whatever that little heliotrope is near the brim is just sort of perfect. Uh Brandon Fryer is helping out as well. Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka doing the things that they do here in the Bernstein and Holmes show. And, and Crucial Conflict. We've got it all set up for you today. Uh Adam Hogan join us eleven twenty five. Got high noon, eleven forty, Carmen Vitali of uh, Fox Sports is going to join us. It says here, Carmen Vitale, former NFL quarterback. That, oh, my God. That I did not know. Way to call, call out my, my dumbass <laughs> I, typo. I, I thought that That's I, what I get. I thought I missed something. Uh, That's bowler. what I get. Hey, pro bowler. I gave her a new, a new skill yeah, set. Good. She's very talented wow. in a new way. That's cool. 
So, yeah, we get Carmi Cutlets, I believe, was, was her nickname back in the day. She actually probably wouldn't mind that. She likes Tommy DeVito. Yeah, like... It's she. She talks about the the importance of cutlets all the time. We can have that conversation with her. Uh, Brandon Pope, uh, Emmy winning host, B Pope on the block at CW twenty six. He's also a quarterback. Got some exclusives. I believe he up. was a defensive lineman. It interviews with both Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, and he's going to preview those conversations with us. Maybe give you a little sneak preview of what they said at one o'clock today with uh, surprises along the way as well. Hey, in the middle of the barn. Sometimes I just do the show for Ray. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Crucial conflict on a Wednesday morning. I, I was yeah. like, didn't we just make a crucial conflict reference? Yeah, there? I wanted to finish it, punctuate. Shout I'm out to sorry. Crucial Conflict. I'm sorry. I saw a band. It was like a, a reggae band. At the Silver Room block party, and they covered that. Wow. Ray. That Ray. had to be amazing. Ray. 53rd and Harper was jumping. We were acting a fool. Amazing. It was so great. I think I have it. I'll show you during the break. I think I still have it on Instagram. Love that. Because we was out here like, what? You know what, guys? Yes. I don't know about you, but sometimes when people are like, hey, what's the best club you've been to? Occasionally, it's been a street in the middle of a street festival. Mm-hmm. It happens like that sometimes. So hopefully there'll be some some good ones this summer. My favorite music venue is right down the hall. I mean, that's pretty great. <laughs> of all of it, seriously, the best concerts that I'll, I can count the number of awesome shows standing two feet away from the performers for free, and then they do four songs. When you were gone, Layla and I went and watched Black Pumas in there. I've seen them in there. I've seen them in there. They're great. Dan and I have. So it was pretty cool to be able to walk over and spend a couple minutes just watching them perform to a a small venue. It's great. And then being able to... Like this is since people have been talking about it this past week with the anniversary of the Bears being in the Super Bowl, seeing Prince in a very small venue mm-hmm. during his his interview. Doing purple rain. No, in, no, no, no. Not no. That's a large venue, Dan. That's a football stadium. I'm talking about when he was oh, interviewing. Yes. The, yes. The, 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 the pre-game interview that turned into a 15-minute concert. And you're like, what just happened? Prince just played in here. You weren't expecting that at all. You guys had fun at the Bulls game last day? You were both there. I was at work. Oh, I thought you were you were at the game. Yes. You stayed for the game. I, I stayed for pre-game. a little bit of the game. I, when they were down 23, said, I'm going to bed. And it was I, a mistake. And I, well, I didn't. I went up to bed, and then I looked at my phone right before, and I'm like, oh, I got to get out of bed. And I went, I went back down for the last three minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime. Like, okay, damn you, Bulls. I was this close. You pulled me back into consciousness, and I, I didn't want to be conscious. I was super entertained by that basketball game last night because you had some incredible shot making. You had some of the – I mean, Anthony Edwards, like, good God, man. Like he, no, the, no, he's that. The destructive force with which he is trying to dunk your head into the rim – on every time he goes to the basket is incredible. DeMar did DeMar things. Kobe woke up in the second half and just was amazing. 
it was quite the game over and, at the UC. And they played at the pace they always have to play. Whatever this build is, they've got to play at that pace. My hope is within a few hours that this is all blown up. <laughs> because this is this is that that let, let that be the home swan song and let that second half be the memory you have of whatever this could have been. It, it, I just feel like the asking price is too high on some of this. There, I would love, I would love to see you get first round picks multiple for Alex Caruso. I just don't see that happening. They, the value of the respective pieces to the team are so high. It's almost like a Dylan C situation for the White Sox. Like just because they bring the most value to you doesn't mean the league might necessarily think so. I don't think it matters. I, I, the value to the Bulls doesn't matter. The Bulls aren't going anywhere. This isn't there. There is. There's no. The the actual value is minimal. I will say this: like I I recognize the same thing you did, Dan, when it came to. That's the only way they got back in this game. If if you're down twenty plus to one of the best defensive teams in the league, yep. tied for the lead in the Western Conference, and you have somebody who is just an absolute sniper on the other side who can knock down a three at will that will put his team back in the game like Cat can. You've got to play with that pace. So the goal, at least, when Kevin McHale told us about the Rockets in, like, 2013-14 was six seconds down the court, I feel like Bulls were going at, like, a five, five, four, like, four-and-a-half pace. Like, it was even faster than that. Kobe pushes that, but he can't be the only one. The problem is that they can't sustain it. That ideally there that was the whole goal like coming into the season was for them to increase pace to be a a team that shot more threes that they can't consistently shoot well enough for them to play like that and yes you could increase volume in in a lot of cases but in some cases we see that their offense will just bog down or Vooch had a, a pretty good shooting night last night He's had a bunch of really bad shooting nights throughout the season this year that's, I think, dragged them down from the a higher level of mediocrity. But I think that that's where they're stuck, is in this place of, I don't know how it gets better even with the same group. And the group of guys is super lovable. Last night, and I've, I've been there and I've seen it multiple times, I, I've never timed it, but I was wondering... DeMar usually finishes his warm-ups. He was like sitting right in front of me. He finishes his warm-ups, and then he goes to the tunnel, and then he throws an alley-oop to Andre Drummond. Like, that's kind of, that's like, once we get the alley-oop down, then I can go back and, and settle and get ready for the game. So it took him like four or five times to make the connection. And then I looked over as I was starting my show. DeMar was still signing autographs for people, like in the tunnel. You know, kids were, like, running from the other end of the court to try to get him to sign something. And I'm like, wow, does, is is he looking at this as, like, maybe this is his last opportunity to do this with the folks at the United Center? I, 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 I adore DeMar. I would love for him to stay a bull. But I also know that I, I don't think that it's necessarily fair to DeMar or Caruso or to Andre Drummond to ask them to stay here in a situation where your best outcome is being the seventh seed and winning the play-in and then getting demolished in a playoff series. I, I think that you have to kind of kickstart whatever your reboot is going to be. Yeah, and it unfortunately just makes the Vooch signing an extension 
come into question. It's especially pertinent at the trade deadline when that's when he was acquired. Also for a first-round pick, as we recall. And I just want to know, how were you going to build around him? Because when you've committed to your center being the one-way player that he is primarily, and he's changing his game in a way that that we... I don't know that it's ideal. Like, he doesn't want to be in the post as much, per se. I don't know that he's verbalized that, but it just looks that way based on what we're seeing. It it just brings up a lot of questions. You know what I was thinking about last night? Do you guys remember where you were and what we were talking about four years ago? What year was that? Yes, I do, because I failed back up on my phone. 2019. It was 2020. I don't remember what I did yesterday. It was four years ago. This is 2024. I don't remember. You you don't remember what was going on in the city back then? Okay. Well, we were not at March was the shutdown, right? Right. But before that, was that the All Star game? Was there that, you was go. That fire, fire Gar Packs. Yes, right, right at Navy Pier. That was Fire Gar Packs. It was, fi- it was Fire and, Gar and, Packs on national television. And Zach was laughing and and nervously. Here we are. And the yeah. attendance. And the that's attendance a great had- one-two punch that the Bulls have. Now we got to look at. Okay, we said that Kobe White probably should continue to come off of the bench. He's a he's a, he's a guy that is explosive offensively off of the bench. But what if this could happen every night? Right. Where these guys both are. In- yeah, honeymoon's over. The honeymoon's long over, and the the marriage is teetering. It's not great because there there just hasn't been motivation to do anything other than be in the play-in and be a, what did he say, a tough out? Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel like, I think if in the first year or the second year, you love hearing that. I think at this point, I don't think that that, that doesn't drive fans to believe like that, that it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing where it's like, well, if everything goes right and yet almost everything has gone wrong, during this, and it's not the fault of the Bulls that the injury stuff has happened. Yeah, but it's your job then, once the injury stuff happens, to to find a different path. Correct. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be forward thinking. And you, and you and, can't you can't sit in the sadness of we had this great plan and it can't work because yeah, so guys what? are injured. You have to then move on and figure out how to make things work. Yeah, wa- wallowing forward. doesn't win anything. Fast forward to a year later, and what are we talking about? Two years later. I remember talking with you two and others at the beginning of the season saying they didn't have enough two-way players on this team. Mm -hmm. And that was a real concern. And you remember you and I, Dan, talked with Gelsey about why you signed Zach to the max and the asset protection concept. Not to mention where we had Patrick Williams still projected to the higher ranges of development. And I always paused at that, too, because of the same reason you pause at putting all your hopes and dreams into one single player because of how your roster around him is constructed. Like, you you can wish for the the unicorn to save everybody and suddenly become all the things you need in life. That was Lonzo. However... Right, but that's it. It was it was supposed to be based on a three and D guy, another two way player. So your best one of your best, arguably two way players that was supposed to have the most minutes was injured. Your other one, notoriously, we know got injured during the season often, and he wasn't going to play a whole a whole eighty two game rip. And they never got rim protection, which meant that the entire basis of your defense was going to be 
pressuring ball screens in the point of attack with two elite defenders. One elite defender is probably never going to play again, and the other one usually plays about 50 games a season and maybe 40 of those in perfect health. It was so, nice to see him get up some shots, though, because I, I didn't think that Lonzo Ball was going to get to that point. Yeah, I saw him in practice. I saw him with my own eyes. He's real. He was there. He just hasn't started running yet. I, that part, I, I mean, I, I don't really care about that. I I was worried about whether or not he'd have a good quality of life. And the the thought of him even playing basketball again, to me, has been so remote that seeing him doing basketball activities was, like, good for him. Like, that's 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 already a victory. It just doesn't really help the Bulls, which it, is the problem. It looked cathartic. Like, I imagine that's a very cathartic thing to do. Um. Speaking of all of that, I sat down with DeMar DeRozan earlier in the week because he's considered one of the first elite players to talk about mental health. And shortly after he did, the NBA Players Association created their mental health and wellness program. We got to play some of the interview on Bulls pregame live last night. But they were kind enough to give me all the audio if we want to play it here. I think that we should do that. I think it's super important stuff, and from what I saw, you did a terrific job. So let's share the full interview. You're going to hear from DeMar DeRozan in a way that you've never heard him before, and that's thanks to our partner, Layla Rahimi. That's next. Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. You know, this is his 15th year in the league. I don't think there's any question that whenever he decides to stop playing, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, right? And he's just a, an incredibly, incredibly smart player. He's very competitive and he wants to win. There are things that he does do that I would consider an outlier to the NBA. One way of putting it, Billy Donovan before the season with Parkinson Spiegel talking about DeMar DeRozan, who was also the subject of some conversation that the three of us had with both Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley when they were here in studio with us on the performance stage. And DeMar DeRozan is an interesting, complicated, and, and old soul. He is. And frankly, we all are in a way. We all have multitudes. We all have layers. And... For those of you who might not be familiar with a previous discussion we had on this show, it was April 22 when the article came out in the Washington Post talking about DeMar DeRozan tweeting in 2018 
a line from the Kevin Gates song tomorrow saying this depression got the best of me. And what he didn't realize, like so many of us, was that moment on Twitter really started a movement. It was shortly after that that the NBA Players Association created their health and wellness program. Kevin Love credits him with being one of the first elite players in the NBA to speak out, and that's what inspired him to talk about the importance of mental health. In that article in the Post, executives from that Players Association program say that they discovered essentially that half of the league isn't happy because your life can look one way, but that doesn't make up for the traumas that you went through as a child. And I'm talking to anybody who needs to hear this right now. So to me, in February, the most important history somebody can make is improving someone else's daily life. That their life is better because somebody did something that actually meant something. So that's the place where I was coming from when I got to talk with Damar earlier this week. So I think I do want to start with when you posted on Twitter, the Kevin Gates line, the depression has the best of me. Did you realize it was going to resonate with so many people? Um, no, I, I really didn't. To be honest with you, it was, it was, a, it was a actual feeling that I was feeling in that moment and how I felt. Like, you know, and the only way in that moment I could express it was, you know, relating with a song and the lyrics. And, you know, I tweeted it. You know, I woke up the next day, you know, feeling good until I looked at my phone and realizing, you know, what, what, what have I just started? You know, and it, and, and it, and it kind of was a, a blessing in disguise, me doing it, because it, it, it opened me up and helped me realize so much for myself and so much empathy for the outside world of people just going through so much. And with that, it just put me in a position of understanding how to help not just myself, but others, others in the process. I feel like there's been so much that's happened since then. Yeah, you're considered one of the first people at your level in the NBA to speak up about mental health. Jerry West, of course, talked about it, but it was a different time. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to you to be somebody people look to as saying he plays on this level and he's able to talk about something that hadn't been discussed before? It was. It meant a lot. It was. It was beyond, you know, something that I ever could imagine, of people just being thankful. Uh, you know. The gratitude that I gained from it was was something that you know to this day is, is tough to put in words because you you really don't in, understand the impact that you have on people until you you know become vulnerable yourself you know and it, it allows other people to be vulnerable and it shows you know the gateway that you can open to you know the reality of things that we deal with. I think it's always an important message to say today, four years ago, twenty years ago. Just because this is how my life looks doesn't mean I'm not going through the same things. Mm-hmm. How do you internalize that and how do you try to communicate that? Um, one, I always try to give, you know, a, a certain level of empathy and respect because, you know, I, I, you never know what the next person going through. You never know what conversation you can have with a person to help their day be better, to carry on to help the next person day be better. You know, it becomes a chain reaction because it's not a day that I get up where I don't realize or I look at somebody like, you know, we all going through something, some type of way. So with me, I always try to figure out, even if it's coming in at work, you know, if guy's tired, what type of light of positivity that I could be, you know, and with that, it, it allows people to be more vulnerable and have those tough conversations to release 
relieve any type of stress that they may may be carrying. So for me, it's just one of those things that, you know, um, I try to give the same energy and, and, and respect that I want, you know, for myself. And the more that's given, the more people don't feel like they're being judged or they got to hide behind some type of tough shield. Um, and they'll let it out, you know, organically, and that's the best way. What inspired you to speak up? Um, a selfish moment for myself, expressing my frustration and what it was that I was going through allowed me to realize something bigger than just myself. So, you know, it was never a conscious decision when, you know, starting with the tweet, me thinking, like, you know, I'm going to speak out on this topic, you know, um, it was just me having an impulsive thought that led to Twitter <laughs> that, you know, made me say, you know what, you know, it made me look at myself in a different light with a different type of confidence of, let me share this, this is why. And it led to so much more than I, I ever could imagine. I mean, I definitely understand the impulsive thoughts on Twitter. I've been there. Yeah. When NBA players talk to you about this, fellow players, what's the, been some of what they've told you about what you've helped contribute? I mean, just them being more open, you know. We carry this, this Superman cape so much, you know, at work, TV, after games, before games, if you have a bad game, um, dealing with family, personal stuff. Um, we deal with so much. So when I'm able to talk to, you know, my my, my peers, it's, it's like a norm, you know. It's normalizing being human. You know, and that's what makes me feel good about me being able to speak up about something I went through because guys look at it like, you know, if he could do it, I could do it. I, I have a story, too, and it's not even just me. It's just all our stories are so impactful to not just to us, just to, you know, our friend, our fans, our, our family, people who really don't get a chance to really understand uh, a lot of things that we may go through. So it's just more so guys just feeling human and, you know, putting the cape down when it comes to us having conversations. When you started this process, what was some of the best advice or maybe one of the favorite things that you've received uh, being more attentive to your mental health? Um, just accept the process, you know, accepting the process. And when I say that, it's just you, you're still going to continue to have rough days, rough, rough situations. Don't let that, you know, bring you down or put you back in that negative, dark place. You're going to have bad days, but understand why you are having a bad day and try to address those things to combat it with something, whether if it's, you know, physical fitness, if it's, you know, something to kind of replenish yourself with a, with a, with a positive, you know, mm -hmm. affirmation, you know, whatever that may be, you know, it's different things for, you know, different people. You know, mine has always been physical fitness, sometimes just working out, you know, you know, exerting yourself, kind of get the blood flowing and you know you feel relaxed like you got something off your shoulders some people like to read watch something funny you know every night before I go to sleep I always try to find something funny to watch and you know go to sleep you know with a peaceful you know grin on my face you know what I mean you sleep better you know what I mean so it's just whatever's whatever's for you you know find that one of my favorite things about the NBA is how they're at the front of causes like this mm. whether it's mental health it's advocacy that mental health and wellness program was created shortly after you brought that that thought and that discussion to the public. What do you think of how the league has responded to you and to so many other players? I, I always always thought we had the best league. You know, Adam Silver is, is for the players. Uh, he listened in some 
like that, how fast they took action and prioritizing that speak values to our to our association of, you know, how much they really care for the players, you know, and, and, and tending to whatever our needs are um, on down the line with every single thing. And, you know, addressing something like that just speak volumes um, to the lead that we in and kind of, you know, show the other leads, you know, whether it's baseball, football, whatever it may be the importance of, you know, protecting our mental health because we go through so much. You know, people think it's just always, you know, roses and, and pretty days, but it's tough. You know, it's hard a lot of times dealing with, you know, come with being a, a athlete, being, you know, coming from nothing, all of a sudden having millions of dollars, um, the attention, you know, um, the, the constant, you know, you know, negative, negative stuff we hear from fans or, you know, something go bad, whatever it may be. You know, um, it, it it gets it gets rough on the at, at times. Well, and grief is cyclical; it's not linear. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's one of the things that you've gone through grief. Yeah. How have you been able to positively deal with it the way like you talk about? Um, you gotta have a great supporting cast. You know, um, great family, friends, people who you know you feel like is there for you. You know. Um, that's the best feeling you can have, just having a support system, you know, family, friends, and leaning towards them when things get rough, you know, and I think for me, that was one thing that was beneficial for me. Creating a community. Yeah. Um, also, I know you're not ready to retire yet. I know you get jokes about being old. Yeah. But you've developed this legacy on the court for being one of the leading scorers in the NBA. But what does it mean to you to have been part of something so big off of it? Um, it means everything because, you know, being a kid growing up in Compton, I never could fathom or imagine anything on the court or off the court where I'd be having such an impactful, impactful um, lengthy career. You know, it's, it's something I would never take for granted. It's something that, you know, it's, it's, I wake up every single day and happy I'm able to do what I'm, what I'm able to do. You know, being a fan of, of, of the game since I was a, a kid, to be able to be a part of the game. Um, means the world to me. And to be a part of the culture, to change the culture yeah, yeah. surrounding it. I think that's so impactful. It definitely is impactful. And like I said, it's still something that, that, you know, still humbles me to this day that I still can't believe. And, you know, that's the kid feeling that I, I, I still love about just being a part of this whole, whole, whole thing. Terrific job. That's important stuff. Thanks. He shared it before, so I knew it was probably something that, uh, you know, different audiences, and, and he just added so much to the conversation yesterday. A little different perspective than even what we had discussed previously. I, I love the question about grief because we know that that's something that he dealt with, and he he's talked about it in other interviews, like trying to figure out like how he felt about all sorts of things because of grief. So I'm glad that you asked him about that. Also, thanks for to you and whoever at NBC Sports Chicago allowed us to run that in full. I don't Bulldog. know what kind of favors you had to call in. Thanks to Bulldog or any, Kevin Anderson. Any, anybody else who was involved in the decision making there because radio is different from TV. And it, it's to, to hear it uninterrupted like that is is really meaningful. There's so much going on in there and there's so much important stuff. And I'm, I'm really I'm thankful to DeMar and to Kevin Love because it's it, when when I've had the the privilege of being able to speak about 
mental health. And I've done it in large part with with my wife, who has shared her story about the on you know daily battle with bipolar two. I talk about chronic and acute anxiety and being on the OCD spectrum. And when he says everybody's dealing with something, it's true. And it doesn't necessarily have to be officially diagnosed for that to be the case. So understanding that and knowing that the destigmatization effort is gaining traction because of the courage of people like DeMar DeRozan, we're, we're getting there. We, we really are. I do think that we've, we've crossed some important points thanks to people in sports and thanks to people with different backgrounds. And listen, traditional thought process dictated that suffering made you stronger. I certainly grew up thinking that as well. And it wasn't a blame point. It was that that's what we thought made us better. And in it some was cases, how much you were putting up with. Some cases it can, but in most cases, no. And and the most daily, cases it just sucks. And the daily practice of empathy. What you're hearing here is somebody who is better. He had a career year with the Bulls two seasons ago, at the age of 32, because he addressed this stuff. I also you're think better. his example that Andre Drummond followed. Yes. Late last season when, when Drummond also similarly recognized an issue, sought help, and spoke about it, and right now is playing some of the best basketball of his career. Evidence dictates your favorite player is better when they do the work, when they address this stuff. We, you know, it's the old traditional stereotypes of, oh, when they got married, blah, blah, blah. No. Like, this is, the, you get better. You're a better person. We, and those of us who have been to therapy, and, and we, it's a practice. It is not something you nail by any means. You can tell he's done the work. And the daily practice of empathy and the satisfaction you get from, from being able to address your needs through addressing the needs of others, I just thought was so salient. Let's talk some more about this. There's some other things that I want to follow up on with you about that interview and some of the things that – DeMar said, and it, it's attached to some things I was hearing last night at the United Center about the importance of certain people on rosters. We'll discuss that next. Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi, here till two on the score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670. You never know what the next person going through. You never know what conversation you can have with a person to help their day be better, to carry on to help the next person day be better. You know, it becomes a chain reaction because it's not a day that I get up where I don't realize or I look at somebody like, you know, we all going through something, some type of way. DeMar DeRozan on NBC Sports Chicago with Layla Rahimi, who is in today on the Bernstein and Holmes show and brought in the full sound of that interview. Thanks. I think, I think people need to hear that. After digesting it, because I know that like you were in mode, like you were in like reporter mode, you're sitting there trying to do a great interview. After digesting it, what did you walk away with? Uh, selfishly, just some really good advice. If if you want to know the truth, because I I've studied this for a long time. Um, I think you know that. Like, I, there was a time where when I had more hours in my day, I spent a couple hours on a on the day on the process because I needed to answer some truths about my deficiencies in my life and the choices that I had made and what I thought was innate was really uh, 
you know, just stuff that's subconscious where I'm trying to resolve something. Like, that's that's the thing. Your brain will play tricks on you, and you're going to work it out and suffer until you address it. Like, that's all proven behavioral science. So selfishly for me, when I just said, what's some of the best advice you got? And he said, accept the process. Accept the process. Like, no, you're going to have your bad days and your good days. And trying to understand why you're having a bad day. Right. And don't criminalize that. Right. Like, don't say I'm having a bad day. Therefore, I need to, you know, that's going to define you. Acknowledge it and understand that it will pass. But that like, if you, It's OK to say, look, I'm 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 anxious right now or I'm unhappy right now. But that doesn't mean you're locked into feeling that way. You're absolutely entitled to move out of that and you and know that you will. Right. Like we're not we're not brands in that manner. Like you don't have to stay on brand with something that's going on inside of you. And I think the messages around us dictate the opposite. The other piece of this is. I was in Sherman, Texas, which is just about an hour north of Dallas, when Terrell Owens had the suicide attempt. And his publicist famously saying at the end of it, Terrell has 25 million reasons to live. And that discussion is just held by so many people, that thought. And DeMar has, when I say he's gone through grief, I didn't. He, it's up to him if he wants to bring it up in that space. But when you have... Family members and friends die because of violence. And when you hear that half the league is unhappy because they haven't, they haven't dealt with their grief in their life and what they've seen, and then suddenly you have this huge change in lifestyle. Just because you see what you're seeing, like successful at their job, which they've learned how to do for years up to that point, and that's any job or any trade, and then also to be good at it enough to make money. Money doesn't dictate happiness in this respect. Money doesn't dictate peace. And I don't know if we ever say it enough. Does it help you afford your life and can it be a problem? Of course the lack of money is a problem. Absolutely. Like having the necessities is the most important thing. But just because you might have more money, that doesn't mean that everything's fine. Right. And like the famous phrase, like when there's drama, look for trauma. When somebody's and he talked about that in the post, he said, I was lashing out. Well, why were you lashing out? Because you had some horrible stuff happen to you earlier in your life. And you thought that you, you know, were too rich to address it or like you were ungrateful if you did. No, no. People have multitudes. I'm thinking, but there's a there's a great line from Fonte. I want to get it right, but. He basically talks about like being emotionally like caught in a storm and then having the survivor's guilt of surviving that storm. Like it was metaphor, but it it, it speaks to it. Like there are all this there are all these different things and ways that we are we take the feedback from the outside world and we're trying to work through it all. And there's so many different landmines that you can walk or run into when you're trying to figure out what's the best way to go about your life and trying to be the, the best person that you can be. I also think it's important to recognize how many skilled and sensitive professionals are there who know things and can apply things and have been trained to help you through this stuff. It's not 
voodoo. It's science. And there are there are so many smart and empathetic people who have no who it's you we tend to think that our complicated minds are so unique and like nobody knows how I feel nobody knows what I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah, people do. People absolutely can understand if the conversation is fruitful and honest. They absolutely have ways to make you feel better, that you can build on to give you the ability to make yourself feel and function better. The idea of it is frightening to people because it's hard to understand. And it's hard because if somebody has a broken arm, they can x-ray it, they can set it, they can cast it, and you know that there's, that there's but people, there are just like that, there are people trained to deal with exactly what you are going through. All I I think I just want to stress is, you know, we always joke about the phrase like, well, I went through blah, 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 and I turned out fine. Well, did you? Right. Like, I used to say it all the time, too. But it's like, did you? And usually the answer is no. You think you survived it. And that's important. Like, that's really important that whatever you know, trauma that you went through, like you survived it, but that doesn't mean that you're over it. And it, and it, and it doesn't mean that you're necessarily better for it. The most important part is you're here, like you're here. And that, that, that should be celebrated and applauded, but then take that and go, okay, how can it be better? And how can I make sure that I don't, I don't intentionally or unintentionally or do that to someone else. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's a practice, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a practice of mental health. Like I I take yoga, like yoga is a practice, well, right? It, it, Some it, days you're not going to be good at your pose. Like your workout's not going to be as good. <laughs> it's a practice. That's and that's kind of my point. The other thing is medication works. It it also it takes time to find the right cocktail for a lot of people. And it does take some trial and error sometimes, and it takes some consultation, and it takes a very open and honest conversation with your 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 healthcare providers. But medication works. Well, all of it to me was just super important because uh, the NBA is at the front of these things, and the NBA forces people to face something that might make them feel uncomfortable, but typically later results in some pretty wonderful things. And the reason I think in part that we talk about the level of play in this league and why we're unsatisfied with what we've seen out of out of the play out of some of the teams that we've seen is because the whole league is so good. And you can't tell me that this isn't part of the reason. Not only once you get there, you are you going to be paid well and you're going to be compensated, but you're also going to have actual other people in place who care about you. And what DeMar said about being exemplary to Major League Baseball and to football and hopefully also the NHL, when it's in front of you like this and the popularity is what it is, it's really hard to argue with the process if you're any one of those others. Let's take a timeout. We're going to take a bit of a right turn as we talk about the quarterback situation here in Chicago. There is a a little piece of news, though, that people might find interesting on that front. We will share it next. Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.